Detail Podcast. I'm Rob Parkson, and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Join me on the show this week. As ever, we've got Paul Whiteside, fresh from his holiday abroad. How was it, Paul? Yeah, it was very good. Thank you, mate. We flew out from Leeds Bradford last Friday, I think it was. A bit of a nightmare there, but it's only tiny, but uh, it was good. We had a nice time. Hotel was good. To be honest with you, we didn't actually leave the hotel. We got there on the Friday. And it was that big, the complex of it. We just stayed there the whole week. There was that much to do, loads of pools and that. And it was very warm. It was very hot. So every time I got too hot, I just got in the pool. So you were down there, staying there for an hour, got back out and that sort of thing. Kids loved it. Just spent the whole week uh, swimming. I followed Salford on, on Twitter. I wasn't going to do. I kept saying to Ellen when they played Leeds, I'm not bothered. I'll, I'll find out later on, but I couldn't sit still. So I followed it on Twitter and... We sat at the bar actually, and I was moaning to Ellen, saying, "Oh, it's six 0 already." I kept whinging about it, but no, it was it was one of them. My, I phoned my dad; he he went and gave me the. You can't rest, can you? So he gave me the full lowdown, said how we were robbed and everything. He's not usually like that, but he said, "Oh, we was in the game. We should have kicked a penalty goal and got it back to 18-16 and told me all about it." So my next book on that game, even though I've not seen it, so I'm refreshed. Yeah, back to work on Monday, so all good. Rumor has it you bumped into a celebrity as well. Oh yeah, Paul Eaton, yeah, out of the uh, beautiful South and uh, House Mines. I seen him playing cards at night time and said to Ellen, I said, I'm sure that's that Paul Eaton. So anyway, uh, he was queuing up behind, the night after this was, he was queuing up at the bar behind me. I uh, was just getting Ellen some pina coladas. I didn't drink alcohol on holiday, it was too hot. Strictly water for me. Okay. But uh, no, getting her a pina colada and I just said to her, I said, oh, I could do you on the entertainment tonight because this singer's rubbish and he was laughing and we just had a bit of a chat. So he was a nice fella and I kept bumping into him then around the pool and said hi and what have you. But it's one of them, he's on holiday, you don't like me to keep my hair in here. But I wish I'd have got a sting off him now, for the, like you said, but you don't think at the time, do you? I was a bit starstruck. Nice, nice fella, really nice fella. Truth in the rumour, the first thing he said to you was, oh, Paul, why is that man of the people? Well, what I wanted to say to him, was, I was going to say to him, is it Happy Hour again? Because that's ah, his song, that was one of his songs, but I thought I bet he'll thumb me if you say that to him. So I <laughs> yeah, uh, Paul Parkin is away this week. I think he's in yeah, Italy, so. so he's, uh, he's uh, obviously got his prediction league title to defend. Obviously, we'll, mm. we'll go on to that later in the show. But opportunity for you to close the gap, Paul. Yeah, he's doing very, very well on the Facebook one that we're in. I think there's 25 of us in that, and he's he's well clear at the top. I think Barry Jones is second. I think my dad's third. I think I'm up to sixth now. I've done all right last few weeks, but I can't see me catching Parky now. There's only got four weeks left, so I'm going to have to have some good weeks. I think he's going to steam away with it. That confidence gone away. He's, yeah, yeah, exactly. I think he's wrote his scores down already, haven't he? Because he's uh, he's not giving in. He's done he's done well this season. He, he must study the form though, because he's uh, he's bang on nearly every week on a lot of his Aussie scores and that. He does really well. What did I do? I uh, I've done nothing this week. I'm obviously going playing a crazy golf tomorrow, which is good with a family. So I've got me put out bit of practice. It'd be like a shark in the water. You know, you go and say, oh, I never played this game before. A bit of practice and uh, yeah, Nick Faldo hopefully. Where are you going for that? The Travel Centre one? No, one in Burnley. So, oh, uh, Burnley, yeah, right, right. Uh, with the family. So. Make sure you get your pencil with you. <laughs> yeah, and make sure no dodgy dodgy scores. That's that's the important thing. Yeah, yeah. It's good. It's good. Crazy golf. I like yeah. that. So there's loads to go at this week. We're going to talk about Salford's win against Huddersfield. We'll look back at the ladies' win against Widness. We've got all the big news coming out of the club this week. 
Then we're going to look and see what's happening in the world of Rugby League with Whiteside World of Rugby League. And then we're going to preview all the games with our teams this weekend. So we'll start with the win against Huddersfield on Saturday. You're listening to Devil in the Detail and this is your Big Match Review. So, so for the Devils were victorious on Saturday at the AJ Bell. They won 33 points to 16 against Huddersfield Giants. Paul, uh, a good win for Paul Rowley's men. Oh, yeah, it was a great win. Uh, wasn't expecting it, to be honest. Uh, I keep saying this every week. Go to the match and think, oh, yeah, maybe this week's going to be the week where it all falls apart. And it, it was tremendous. Again, I think the way we start against teams, I just don't think they can deal with it, that sort of attacking rugby. And, Huddersfield are well known for playing a percentages game, not making many mistakes, good defence. And they had no answer to that first sort of, I mean, the first 15 minutes we scored, I think the first 12 minutes we scored three tries. Mm. And the manner of the tries as well, the tries are just fantastic rugby. Your first one, I think it was, it was CO went over, great ball movement. And then you had uh, Joe Burgess picked up a chance for Huddersfield, really, and he, he strode away there. I think Channel 4 showed it, and he was going like 25 miles an hour. I think they had like a, a bead gun on him. Uh, for that, so he shows the pace he's got. Then Callum Watkins scored that try. There, great bit of uh, play from him. And yeah, Huddersfield didn't know what had hit them there early doors, and we were sixteen nil up before uh, before they knew where they were. Oh, sixteen uh, nil, um, great start, like you said. And that's important in games, teams around you in that playoff that you start well. And I thought we did fantastic. Sixteen up in fifty minutes shows that you know we were the the team in the ascendancy. Yeah, certainly. Well, I don't think Huddersfield created anything in that first half. You know, the, the try they got uh, was off a solver mistake, wasn't it? Chris McQueen took the ball off Joe Burgess and, and scored that try. I mean, he's quite a talisman in for a forward. He's scored about 14 tries this season. I thought that was totally against the run of play. It was a game that was dominating. And for me, I think if Brodie Croft hadn't got a sin, then I think we'd have had 40 or 50 points in that game. I think that sort of just reined us in a bit, really. It took the shine off us and just took us out of our stride. It gave Huddersfield the leg up. They got a penalty goal and then they scored a couple of tries just after half time, didn't they? It did the damage while Brodie Croft was on. I think the second try had just come back on. Uh, other than that, they never really looked like scoring again mm. in the game. And, and for me... The pleasing thing really was the, the second half performance. Yeah, we had a bit of adversity there with Huddersfield and, and they defended really well and then managed the last 15 minutes superbly. Mark Sneed, for me, he bossed that last 15. He kicked a penalty goal, he dropped a goal and then created a, a super try for Harvey Lovett. So, I mean, that's off to Mark Sneed. There doesn't always get the plot. It's Brody Croft gets a lot of them, but I thought Mark Sneed was excellent. Yeah, game management is so important. And that, like you said, when Brody Croft got put in the bin... From that point, then the next 20 minutes, we couldn't complete a set enough for love and the money. And pressure built. Huddersfield scored a couple of tries and we're looking to get back in it. We were completing around about under 50% at that point. And that was a worry for me because I thought to myself, at that point, I was like, they're going to come back into this. But like you said, Mark Sneed is a top, top game management player. And that last 20 minutes, he got the team completing. He kicked a penalty goal, he kicked a drop goal and set the try up for Harvey Levet. And that is what it's all about. And that's why he's in this team, to settle everyone down when it really matters and get us over the line. Yeah, and he, and he did do. Just chatting to Ryan Braille after the game about the, the, the drop goal. 
And it was never really a doubt the way they worked. That plate was so comfortable for, for Mark Sneed and you could see it, you know, in the, in the stand, the way they worked. It was a great piece of play that it just took the game away from Huddersfield. But I felt a bit sorry for Salford in a way because I think they deserved to put points on Huddersfield because they were, they were miles better side. And, it, mm. and to me, it just that Brodie Craft incident, he was silly from Craft really because he didn't really need to do that because I don't think Huddersfield would have scored there anyway. They'd have got one more tackle. And they would have been tackled anyway, but I could see what he was trying to do. But I did think he was a bit harsh on the referee. But I suppose it, in a way, is a professional foul, isn't it? So uh, the Simbin didn't help us at all. And he sort of thought then going in at half time, you're going to get a backlash from the Giants in the second half. And, uh, and I'm pretty sure Ian Watson would have given rounds of the kitchen after that first half. But I don't think Huddersfield were a bad side of the first half. We've shown in recent weeks we're unplayable. Some of the tries, look at the Briley one with Ken Seo from a set scrum. That's one of the best tries we scored this season. They're like little one-two between each other and, and over they went. It was absolutely quality stuff to watch. Yeah, they, they are playing some fantastic rugby and it's sort of expansive, but not overly. They don't gamble that much. They, they know when, when the pass is on and they make the pass, if that makes sense. And, that, and that's an important thing, obviously, with this team because... Obviously, we talk about structure and we talk about being off the cuff and all that and not being off the cuff. And it's, it's kind of, we're playing rugby league the right way. And that's a good thing. Obviously, we've watched Salford for many years and this team can play. And and I think a team we really need to sort of savour. I think that, that we're, they're all playing some good rugby at the moment. Yeah, I feel like that every time I call. I think just need to make the most of this because you never know when it's going to turn because it, it does, it does nothing ever lasts forever, does it? So, you know, we could be watching Dross again, you know, so you don't know, do you? you don't know what's going to happen next season. It might be a relegation fight. You don't know what's around the corner. So you just got to enjoy it while it, while it lasts. And we have done this season. It's been great. And the rugby that they've played, I think they just play with so much freedom, don't they? And, and confidence as well. But it's not all been playing sailing this season. We've had some some defeats, haven't we? It's particularly the game at Huddersfield, Hull, Hull KR, where we were beaten. But I think over the last sort of two months, we have gained an awful lot of confidence and we look a totally different side to the, the side from the early early rounds of the season. I remember we started with two good wins, didn't we? But then fell off a bit. Got that defeat at Wigan in the cup. But I think now we're a match for anybody, aren't they? And I was just trying to work out the other day who we'd play in the playoffs. If we were to finish six we probably wind up playing either Catalans away or Huddersfield away. So you look at them games and you think, if we could get in the playoffs, we, we could have a good tilt at putting pressure on somebody and perhaps uh, getting a win. We'd probably have to go to St. Helens the week after that and win there to get to the grand final. But I think if we could get into the playoffs, it's going to be tough because you look at the sides around, you're so congested now and there's no room for error really now, is there? Uh, I think if we were to get in there, I think we'd cause problems. Yeah, we spoke to Ryan Briley, Tim Lafayette and Alex Gerrard after the game, this is what they had to say. Right, like I say, Alex Gerrard joins me. He's having his sandwich now. He deserved that after that game today, mate. What did you make of that first half? Real big effort. Second half, defence had to be quality, didn't it? It did, yeah. Huddersfield are a really good team. They're very consistent in what they do. You know, they're going to keep coming. I thought the first half we were really good. I thought second half we could have been a bit more ruthless. Um, but we did really well to be uh, to hold out like we did, to be fair, and then come back and get a few late points to secure the game. Um, really good performance from the boys and hopefully kickers into um, good stead now moving forwards to the back end of the year. How difficult was it that that Simbin could have threatened to have a change on the game because you had to sort of play the first 10 minutes of the second half of 12 men in that heat as well. How difficult was that? Yeah, massively. I um, I wasn't on the field at the time, but um, 
that extra man makes a massive difference whether the weather's good or not to be honest with you and um, we can change the momentum of the game and it did a little bit like I said I thought the boys were great you know we held in there we worked really hard for each other and I thought we deserved the win today other teams around you have also won this weekend so it's just a case of keep winning though you've knocked the, the sort of top three of Super League off in your last three home games you, what, what's the secret playing at home is it the home support here at the AJ Bell say that fires you guys up yeah definitely the fans are massive for us you know the fans travel really well as, as well um, I think it's just a really good place to play you know the fans get behind us um, and obviously it's a difficult place to come now for teams so um, obviously just try and keep that home form up and uh, like I say just uh, try and be consistent in our action toward the back end of the year and try and get a few more wins and you know I'm sure we'll be where we deserve to be at the end of the year No rest for you I mean it's boiling up today you've got a bit of Catalan next next week and don't you it's going to be like hot over there how's this week going I'll just rest this week not not so much sort of running about in this weather yeah I'm not too sure in our schedule I'm sure we'll have one or two field sessions obviously travel over there I'd imagine it'll be um, probably all about recovery again and um, looking at what we can improve on from this game and taking that into next week thanks a lot Alex thanks for talking to us mate cheers mate thank you Right, did I say Ryan Bradley joins me? A difficult afternoon for you. I'm not saying game is too harsh, but the first half was very, very clinical. The second half probably lacked a bit of composure. Huddersfield got in the arm wrestle. What do you make of it? Um, yeah, I thought we ended both sides of the game really well. I think uh, Mark Steve were brilliant in that second half. His uh, game management was brilliant for us. So I think we just probably showed a different way of winning. I, I, I think it's, it's important that we understand that we're not going to blow teams away um, in both halves. We're going to have to show some resilience. And I think, I think we found a, a, different, a different way to win tonight, uh, today. So um, I'm actually really happy. I'm actually really pleased that we had a bit of resilience in us. Um, and everything was against us in that, in that second half. I thought the Simbin was a tough call. I don't really guy you can't have a warning and just send someone to the Simbin like that. So I thought it was a tough call. So I think we had everything against us uh, and found a different way to win. You were saying that, that there. I totally agree with that. You mean some of the tries again in the first half. I've called you the entertainers last few weeks. The way you've thrown the ball around, it's been absolutely fantastic. But like you said, you do have to do it tough there. Brodie Croft had you know, not been not been worn there. How difficult was it to get your defence right there? Because Huddersfield could have come at you. I think you can see the ten points in that second half. Which in this heat again, it's an absolute credit to you. Well, yeah, and, and obviously one of them was off a kick as well. So um, I mean, that's probably the most pleasing thing that we never looked vulnerable as such. I felt like we was always in control. I felt calm, and I was saying to the boys behind the post is is make sure there's no panic here, make sure we don't try and solve it ourselves and, and work together and, and I think we did that. I think we, um, it, again, I, I, we lacked execution, um, but the way we play, we are we are going to at times, so it's important we stay together uh, in the rough moments because we'll face many more of them in, in, in the weeks to come, so, uh, and against a lot more uh, clinical teams, against uh, a Wigan or a Saints, and, they could, they could have put us to the sword, so we need to make sure we do have that resilience because uh, there's, some, there's some real tough challenges there. Is the clock counted down there? Was it planned that to, to sort of move it to the sticks there and drop that goal? Because the way they executed that, it was it was absolute quality from Sneed, wasn't it? We we had a chat um, a couple of months back, me, Brown and Sneed had a, had a meeting um, and we came up with something that works for us in terms of drop goal. Uh, and we, we know Sneed is going to kick it, but it, it's, it's making sure he has the the right uh, time and the right moment look comfortable to, yeah exactly and, and that isn't by fluke uh, there's, there's something where, where me Brody and Sneedy speak 
um, about how we manipulate that situation. So when it looks um, at, at the end of it, Sneedy kicks the drop goal and, and the amount of pressure he's under, but me and Brody try and make it as comfortable as possible for him uh, and with it, as, as least pressure as possible. Don't be giving any secrets away. You no, keep exactly. all the secrets yeah, yeah, exactly. close to you, yes, right? Well, good luck in France next week. Well done today. Thanks very much for speaking to us, mate. Cheers, buddy. So I'm joined by uh, Tim Lafay. Good win, that. Yeah, definitely. It was one uh, we needed there. Um, you could see the desperation in the boys, um, you know, throughout the whole 80 minutes there. So it's, um, we'll take that one. Obviously started like a house on fire, 16 and up in 16 minutes. Um, you know, what was the feeling like on the field? Were you sort of buzzing? Everyone obviously must have been. Yeah, we knew we had to go in there with um, the mindset of just being aggressive in attacking D and um, we knew they, were, they weren't going to go away, you know, they're in the top four uh, for a reason. Um, so we just had to, you know, keep turning up and play set for set and, you know, go toe to toe with them. Obviously, there's lots of talk about minerals uh, <laughs> regarding Salford, but in that sort of second half, in the last 20 minutes, we dug in and that's a good sign, isn't it, with the with games to come and a possible playoff spot to, to chase. 100%. Um, you know, it's the mindset we've got to go into you know, the next few games. Um, every game we play now, we have to play with the mindset of, you know, it's our, our last game. You know, we, you know it's um, pretty much every game for us is, is the finals. So, um, and you can see that, you know, it's a good, um, good trait, and you can see the character in the boys there uh, pull through mentally because, um, you know, physically we're there, but it's just more of the mental side of things. So we've got to be um, strong going forward. Yeah, Catalan next week, obviously excited about this win. We go with France, win there, could be a playoff time. Yeah, it's, um, they're, they're going to be coming out firing. So we've got to match them and go you know, a step further um, than what we had today. So because they're quite desperate also, and um, you know, so it'll be two desperate teams going head to head there. And in Catalan, we know they always turn up for for their fans. So we've got to go go in there with the, with the aggressive mindset um, and go hunting. And obviously this season, how, how do you think you've done this season? You've been fantastic, scored some great tries, some great assists with that flick pass of yours, uh, the, the trademark flick. Yeah, yeah, it's um, coming along pretty well um, and it's just peaking at the right time. You know, obviously at the start of the year we're still trying to figure out how each other play and it's good to see you know, our edge started to click there because it's um, you know, coming to this back end of the season. You know, um, it's those kind of plays and moments that that's going to help us, you know, get the results in the future. Brilliant. Cheers, Tim. Thanks very much. So, Paul, all the boys, sort of happy with the result and positive going forward. Yeah, I think every time you speak to the players, they're full of confidence, aren't they? They're working really hard, aren't they, to, to get the results. Just right in the preview this week, I'm just saying in that, that Paul Roller's got a bit of a luxury now at the moment where he's got a few more players to choose from. Players are starting to come back from injury. And we, I mean, I'm not saying we've fully recovered yet, but it's great to see Shane right back in the team. Tyler Dupree's come back in. Harvey Levet had a, a bit of a cameo at the end of that one. He's, he's getting right. So at least Paul Roller's got a bit more to work with. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, we, were, we had, what, 18 players? And one of them wasn't going to play, so the, the team was picking itself. So it's good to see that there's a bit more now for him to go up. But yeah, the players seem full of confidence, and I, I think they believe they can they can go all the way. They've got no fear. I think that's the, the good thing about it now. The way they're playing, you, you can see that. I mean, look at St. Helens. We got 40, 44 points against St. Helens. They, they absolutely battered Hull, be 60 points away from home at the weekend. So it just shows you how good our result was. So uh, barring that Leeds game, I mean, that Leeds defeat, could come to bite us because if we could have won there we'd have been odds on for the playoffs but no we've got to do it the hard way haven't we and uh, we've got to go to Catalan and get a result yeah uh, I spoke to Paul Rowley Kurt Haggerty and Max Need after the game in the press conferences what they had to say 
Coach's corner. How big of a win was that, do you think, for a playoff charge? Yeah, well, it was important to stay in the pack. Uh, important for everyone else, keeps the nerves on them. Uh, everyone will say they're not looking at the league. Everybody is looking at the league. So, um, and, and our points difference is good as well. So we're, in that respect, we're, we're quite healthy. Uh, but just being master of our own destiny is important. And that's that's all we focus on, doing what we can control. Uh, and, and so regardless of the playoffs, uh, beating a team um, in any team is, is fantastic because it's such a high high quality competition so a team that's been very very consistent uh, and like I said are well disciplined um, it's, it's important that we, we we put our best foot forward we don't feel like we've done ourselves justice in our previous two games against them uh, and some of that's down to the, the quality of them but some of it's down to um, what we've delivered all the circumstances around it so to, de- to deliver what we delivered today and get the win is, is really satisfying more than anything. Yeah, 16-0 in the first 60 minutes. That's a terrific start compared to last week. Yeah, I'm going to let Kurt, I'm getting dry now, so no point in being here. Yeah, obviously the, the two previous games against Huddersfield, we, we pretty much lost the game by half-time, so the start for us was massive, and especially the team that we selected to go with to start the game was really important, so for me, our biggest challenge was to be in the game at half-time, and I certainly thought we did that. Yeah, obviously, talk about our time. The sim been just before. Huddersfield scored twice just after our time. We had a 20-minute period where we didn't really touch the ball. As a coach, is that more of a, a coach killer thinking, how are we going to get back to this? Or are you thinking, we've defended for 20 minutes, we've not touched the ball for 20 minutes, but we've only conceded twice? Well, no, because you, you prefer for the way you train. You train for certain situations and how to deal with things that we mentioned in the game. So it's, it's full credit to the players how they dealt with, how they've worked towards that, mm. with what they practice and they prep. Obviously, Mark, you were on the field at that point. In that sort of 20 period, what was it? What was being said on the field about completion and stuff like that? Um, we just had to keep keep trusting what we what we know we're good at. Um, we we tried to do that, and as we were doing that, we were losing the ball. Um, and but no one no one tried to rein anything back and just be like a one out, one out, one out, get to your kick type thing. We still tried to an event. We tried to do what we, what we practice, and eventually we brought through the other end of it, doing what we do, um, and we we ended up coming out obviously on the right side of it. Yeah, so the last twenty minutes, you drop goal, your penalty, sort of uh, game managed the, the situation, and we saw results. Yeah, that was it. I think um, with the like you said, that twenty minute period where period where things could have gone wrong, we we stuck in there, and um, obviously it, it put us in good stead to finish the game in the in the manner that we did. I thought we we controlled and managed the game. Probably um, more than we've had to all in in pre- previous games, um, but against like a team like Huddersfield and stuff like that, it's just kind of chipping away and um, just kind of putting nails in the coffin as you're going along. Yeah, Catalan next week. Got the confident after that. Uh, again, you always ask me this question. I always, I always, I always give you the same answer. We, we're confident every week, so yeah. um, we're respectful. Though that's the main thing. So, we're, and the reason we're confident is because we work hard. Mm-hmm. And it's no more complicated than that. Um, I, I do think it's worth mentioning that um, full credit to both sets of players because it was tremendously hot out there. So I thought both sets of players really uh, contributed to a good game. Uh, and I also thought both sets of fans contributed to a good game as well. So that's off to, to both clubs really uh, for staging a bit of a spectacle today. And uh, for us, obviously, it had a bit of an happy ending. Uh, and, and we get to go on with the points. So it's really important to us. And, uh, 
yeah, we'll 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 definitely walk proud out of this stadium knowing we've done our job. Cheers, thanks. Cheers. So obviously Kurt Eggerty, Paul Rowley and Max Need sort of happy with the results, spoke about sort of that bit of a wobble in that second half, but like I've said on this podcast, Max Need knows his way uh, around the field and he knows his way out to win games and that's like what happened. Yeah, I love that, what, what Paul Rowley does. He doesn't just go in the press conference and make excuses every week. He brings somebody in with him different every week. He brings a couple of players in, like Max Need goes in, Kurt Eggerty and he he really sort of warms to the press now, and I think that's great. I think the club have been really professional this season. It's great to see the players in suits as well. I think they look really smart, and I just think Paul Roller's doing a great job like that. I saw his interview on Channel 4 and with Joe Burgess, and Joe Burgess is great when he, when he speaks to Joe Burgess. He's really funny, and he's got a great sense of humour. But Paul Roller's very, very humble, and, uh, and he talks a lot of sense as well. And I think he's good to listen to. He's not a coach that comes out with a lot of excuses every week and moans on. He, he does talk about the game. And uh, while we're on, before I forget, Channel 4's coverage was absolutely outstanding, I thought, the weekend of uh, the, the match. I watched it back on Sunday and it was like, wow. It was so interesting, you know, all the features. They had a feature on Ian Watson at Huddersfield, which was dead interesting behind the scenes. And they had all the history about Salford. And it was really, really, really good. I really, really enjoyed it. And I'm not going to go to Sky, but I thought it was... A lot better than what, what they come up with. I think they need to up their game now and, and, and get on the, the same level as Channel 4. It's brilliant. Yeah, that's, I suppose that's what you want. You want our sport to be profiled on mm. national telly. And I think it was very impressive. The, the mm. ladies were on there as well, waving yeah. the cup around, which was which was great. Obviously, gives them a good profile as well. It was fantastic. Obviously, you're hoping with the Sky deal, there'll be more games possibly for Channel 4 to come and, that, and that's the big thing we need to make sure that our sport is front and centre nationally so then there's more eyes on it and then possibly more attendance more sponsors sport gets bigger everybody wins yeah well I thought they did that Adam Mills the presenter taught the game I thought Helen Skelton was brilliant she was brilliant with the ladies she was so enthusiastic they were in the change rooms it just gave you an insight into it rather than just just the match and you know, this is the, the game. It, it sort of told you about Salford, a bit of the history. And I mean, I said it to you before, Salford's a historic place. It's a very cultural sort of place. We mentioned the music, you know, the likes of Happy Mondays, Joy Division, stuff like that. A lot of stuff goes on in and around Salford, doesn't it? It has done over over the years. So to, to paint like that to people around the country on Channel 4, it's like, wow, that's that's come out of Salford. I thought it was brilliant. I really did. And the commentary team was really good. Kyle Amo was great. I think Mark Wilson, the, the guy commentating, was, was interesting and, and, and good. And then the, the pundits on as well were really good. So it was it was great. And it was a great win as well. And uh, I enjoyed uh, the interview they did with Wattle. At the end, he was, was really miffed, wasn't he? So yeah, it was great. It was really was. It was really well presented and it was a good win. Yeah, 4,400 as well. Good crowd, considering it was on the telly. Nice weather as well. Good to see that he stand full. So I think it was it was a good day all round. Yeah, credit to Huddersfield. They, they brought a good following supporters, didn't they? And I mean, yeah, 4,400 is not bad. But I think what you've got to remember this time of year, like myself the week before and, and Parky this week, a lot of people on their holidays, aren't they? People are going away. There's a lot going on. And summertime, isn't it? People are doing stuff with their families and that and going abroad and things like that because they've not been abroad for the last couple of years, you know, with the pandemic and what have you. So... I think as you go into the later rounds, we've got Hull to come at home and Warrington as well. I think you'll get good crowds for both those two games. Uh, and then we've got the Cats game away from home as well after Catalan. I think I think there were two more good attendances at Salford. Stats, Tacklers, Callum Watkins, 30. Andy Ackers, 30. Shane Wright, 42. Elijah Taylor, 
35 and Alex Gerrard 31. Forwards going through an awful lot of work there in them conditions. Yeah, well, Shane Wright in particular, I think, deserves a good rap because he's been out for such a long time. I think he'd been out for is it 16 matches he's missed uh, on the spin, so it's a, it's a fair few months. And I'm pretty sure he played, played 80 minutes as well, so a great stint from him. He's a real workhorse. He got through tons of work in that game, and he's a, a big star for us. And Andy Ackers, I must admit, I need to give him some praise because I was a bit like that about Andy. But you know, is he is he is he the hooker for us? And you know, last season I thought he was a bit patchy, but this season, like, especially the last month or two. He's really held his hand up and I think he's been absolutely outstanding. And Chris Atkins, welcome up the bench, has been really good. So uh, I've heard rumours that Chris might be leaving. I don't know whether he signed the contract or not, but I'd love him to stay. I don't think there's many hookers out there that can do a better job than those two. Tyler Dupree came in as well. I thought Tyler did a good job after his injury. He'd been out since the Magic weekend, so he came back in and he's another staffer. He's only a young, young man, but you know he's got an awful lot of strings to his ball. So he got through Alex Gerrard, I mean... What a signing he's been. You know, he's been a tremendous signing for us. He's playing in the form of his career, isn't he? Along with Jack Armour, I think they're playing some great rugby. Yep. Top meter makers, Callum Watkins, 156. Joel Burgess, 195. Tim Lafayette, 85. Brodie Croft, 87. Andy Ackers, 103. And Shane Wright, 78. And Joel Burgess runs 195 metres, but he did run about 70 and then one goal. Yeah, but Joe Burgess, like you say, he's he's coming into real form now, isn't he? No, Ken Seal on one side and Joe Burgess on the other. You give either of them to a sniff and they're going to score points. And, and they're great to watch. Burgess, when he gets that that gap and he goes through it, he just glides across the pitch. He's super to watch. And, and yeah, he's a, he's a good lad as well. So Ken Seal comes up with the tries. I mean, 38 tries they've got between them this season. And that, that's, that's some doing that. I mean, you've got Dean Cross in there as well. I think he scored 11, 11 and 12. Tim Lafayette chipped in. The back line. I mean, I wouldn't, I'd like to get a, a list now of who's scored because I think more or less everybody's scored, haven't they? I mean, they do that nudie run around the pitch, don't they? They don't score. And I can't think who's not scored. I'm pretty sure most people have scored. Sabi Lovett scored, didn't they? So he, he's off that. Sam Lucker got one at the Magic Weekend. But, but no, great. I mean, Tim Lafayette, he's unplayable at the time. How many times is he going to do that pass? That flick out pass, he's done it. He does it every week. It's not just a one-off thing with him. It's it's becoming a, his trademark pass, really. So uh, so yeah. And Callum Watkins, how many meters did he make? One hundred and fifty odd. One hundred fifty-six. Wow, mm. for a back rower. Yeah, outstanding. He's got to be in that England team. I'd have him in that England team tomorrow. I think just for his experience alone. But the way he's playing, he's he's like a new player. And they said on the teller, he's huge. And he is. When I was stood at that doorway, you know, we stand for the interviews and he comes past you and he's, he's massive. He's absolutely massive, but playing, playing brilliant, playing really well. 156 metres, 30 tackles, like you said, features in both as well as Andy Ackers. And, you yeah. know, it, t- top teams have top players, don't they, who work hard and stats like that show how, how hard he is working. This England squad... You need top players in it. And whether he's in the centre where he plays in the back row, he's in good form. So why wouldn't you pick him? Yeah, he's he probably not got the pace for the centres anymore. If you're talking about playing against kangaroos, uh, they're a class above anything in the Super League, aren't they? But he's, he's probably not got that pace anymore. But I think back row, the size of him and the way he can offload the ball, uh, the try he scored against, uh, against Huddersfield was absolute quality. You know, his instinct there to kick that ball through, dribble it through, and then the pick-up. I thought it was outstanding. And it's the work he does as well in 
yeah, he's been great. He really has been brilliant for us this season. And he's a confidence. People playing with him gain confidence from him as well. He's a leader on the pitch, and that's what. And I think he's helped some of the less experienced guys, like Dion Cross, people like you. Look at Dion; they really played at Super League level, but he looks like he's played there for years. So he, he's been a, been a great sign. So I think I just think the whole. I was thinking today. I was looking at Leeds Better and looking at some of the other teams and the likes of Hull. Probably spent loads more money than us Warrington. And you look at their sides. They sort of top heavy in certain positions, and then they've got nobody else in the other position. Whereas, whereas us, I think you've got a hats off to, to Ian Blaze and Paul King and, and Paul Roller, everyone who's involved in the recruitment because they've recruited really, really well. Everybody knows their job. Everyone's in the right positions, and uh, and that's on the back of tons of interests as well. So uh, yeah, I think we're doing okay. Yeah, big thanks for your three-word match reports and man of the matches. Matt Carr, Huddersfield broken down. His man of the matches, Andy Ackers. Ricky P and his dogs in sale. Scott Joe Salford, man of the match was Lafay. Paul Parkin on a roll. Ackers, Stuart Smart, fantastic team performance. Ackers, George Crompton, just too good. Steve Bennett, brave taking, brilliant rugby. Watkins, Andy Smith, red hot devils. Watkins, Mike Whitney, superb clinical effort. Watkins, Colin Reynolds, fantastic first half. Ackers, John Waite, Champagne to Bovril, right. Craig Carter, Reds on fire. Watkins, Richard Martin, super slick rugby Ackers, Jamie Pilkerton, that hurt me. I'm not sure why it hurt you, Jamie, but we loved it every minute of it, Paul. Uh, Paul. Just a bet on Rosfield. Hey, talking about Bovril, I tell you, you drink Bovril at the match. Come. When I was at the match on Saturday, I turned around and, and Roy Ellaby sits behind me. Said I to him at the start of the game, he sat there with a cup of Bovril. Yeah. I mean, 30 degrees or something, Roy. So uh, I don't know whether it's a. Mind you, like being an ice bottle. Maybe. People have iced coffees these days. Perhaps they're doing ice bottle now, but I, I can't believe that one, right? In that weather. Don't they say cup of teas cool you down? Is that yeah, yeah. That was a wise tale, that, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Adam Wilde is Ackers Alka. Ackers. Peter Grimshaw. ET Unbelievable Taylor. Mark Unbelievable Rugby League. Ackers. Steve Fairchild. Nervous. Nerve wracking pleasure. Burgess, Les Keenan, breathtaking at times, Ackers, Paul Hardman, well-deserved, Win Sneedy, Natalie Taylor, back on track, Lafay, KDL, never die attitude, the whole team, OSF, another team performance, Taylor, Nicholas Fletcher, weathered the storm, Ackers, Ronnie H, Watkins, he was great. Eric Watson, quality rugby league, Burgess, Julia Coleman, love Channel 4. We've, we've said we all love Channel 4. Mm. Colin Wilson, Sonny Salford, Sizzle, Ackers. Andy Lancashire, nervous second half, Ackers. And finally, Kenny Doyd, Van Davidozzi, Ackers. So everyone's in a good mood, good win. And showing our talents off of Channel 4, lovely stuff. You've got to say that, I mean, at the moment, I think we're playing the best rugby in the country. You look at some of the other clubs, I'm not having a go at them, but right from the word go, the kickoff, we moved the ball straight away, didn't we, and went for it. I think teams find that difficult to defend against, don't they? I mean, they don't know what you're going to throw at them. And when we get down in that 25, they might have offloads. I mean, Tim Lafay, every time he's got the ball, is offloading it. I mean, I think he's the, the highest offloader in the league in the stats. And it, it's, it's it's great to watch. It's absolutely breathtaking to watch. I mean, my wife come on the, on Saturday. She doesn't really follow rugby. She just wanted to go. was going picking the dog up after the match. So she tagged along because I didn't know where it was, the kennels. So she, so she came to the match and even she was impressed. 
with it. So uh, the atmosphere and the way they play in rugby, the crowd getting behind them, it's like there's probably not thousands of Salford supporters there, but the noise that they make, the noise that they generate, I think it's outstanding. There could have been 10,000 in that ground for all we knew, knew on, on Saturday because it was just a fantastic atmosphere. It's a great advert for everybody, you see, because we're on the Channel 4, it's national, isn't it? So the people yeah. watching in the pubs of Salford thinking, you know what, we're playing well here, next time we'll come. Yeah. And that's what you're hoping for, aren't you, with with what's going on with the Paul Rowley effect, Rowley ball and all that. And obviously, latest minerals test passed, which is great. And moving on to the next one. Yeah, well, you think people who are sat in a pub on, on Saturday watching... Manchester United, you know, they got a thump, didn't they? And you might be thinking, perhaps it's worth going watching the other Red Devils because they're, they're struggling a bit at the moment, aren't they? There's, there's definitely something exciting going on at the AJ Bell. There really is. And the home games, I mean, you look at our home form this season. I mean, in the past, it's not really been a fortress, has it? But I think we've won lost three at home, haven't we? We've won eight now and lost three. So we've got a real cracking home record this season. And if you're going to get to a game, we've got two like before we've got two home games left now, the whole game on a Thursday and that Warrington game last game. If you get to that whole game, you're going to be entertained. You really are. Let's talk about entertainment. Let's talk about the ladies. They faced witness on Sunday and won 92 points to nil. Oh, what an amazing result, obviously, to score that many points in that hot weather as well. Yeah, well, we've just been watching the tries, haven't we? I couldn't get to the game on Sunday. I had a few bits and pieces on, but uh, we've just watched the tries. And, wow, some great tries, some great kicks through, some great lines running it. You know, it, just watching that, you can see how well they've been coached because it's not just five tries. It's not just, you know, someone steamrolling the ball down the pitch. It's good rugby. They're playing like they're a defence team play. They, they really are playing well. So uh, that's off to the, the ladies for the hard work they're putting in because they've got to be fit because they played two games there in a week, didn't they? They played Wednesday night and then on the, on the, on the Sunday. So in those conditions as well, absolutely blistering conditions. Some great tries and, you know, to score 92 points in a match takes some doing, doesn't it? Yeah, obviously got a caveat by saying witness had a few injuries a few ladies on holiday they had to put in a couple of a couple of 16 so they were were short but it's a good sign that we didn't ease off it was 50 nil at half time and we've saw we've seen Salford sides before that get in front and then just go through the motions in in that second half but Chris Bates ladies they don't do going through the motions no, I think it's hard, you know, through history when you look at big scores in the matches. It, it's very rare that a team kicks on and scores a similar amount of points in the second half. You normally put the cue on the rack at half time, don't you? It's very hard to keep to that intense level for 80 minutes. So, so yeah, hats off. I mean, the fitness looks absolutely tremendous. We've said that before. They don't leave any stone unturned with regards to training. I think you've got ladies staying behind there to, to do extra training and I mean, they're not professionals, either they? But they train like it and they play like it as well. So, I mean, that's that's the winning formula, I think. I mean, they're part-time, you know, with jobs and things like that. But they're, the way they're approaching it is like a full-time outfit. And that's the way you've got to go. You know, if you want to get into that Super League, that's the mentality you've got to have. And I think they've got that and they've got that will to win. And that's going to take them a long way. Yeah. Lauren Ellison scored four tries. Paul, what a player. She's gone under the radar a bit on this podcast, but in the last three games, she scored a try in the, in the cup final. She scored two against uh, Warrington Lunas. She scored four against Witness. So looking at the pattern there, she's going to score about eight against Hull. Yeah, yeah, it looks like it. And plenty of pace as well. So, 
mean, you look at the way they're playing, it's an entertaining brand of rugby and doing so well. And, and it was great that they got the recognition they, they deserved on Channel 4. I think it was great to see Ellen Skelton with them interviewing the ladies. I know Louise Fellingham was on there having a chat as well, wasn't she? So, yeah, great that they're getting that limelight because they've not really got the limelight in the rugby league press. I don't think they didn't really mention the championship or the other league cup. I think it's just all the, the women's super league they mentioned, which is a bit un- unfortunate, really, but hopefully they'll change that next season. But no, great that they got the coverage that deserved on Saturday on the telly. She's not going on the radar anymore with uh, seven tries in three games, that's for sure. Um, Taz also scored a hat-trick as well. Lovely show and goal from, from the halfway line. Cut open the witness defence was one of the highlights for me. Yeah, and, and I suppose we've got to keep it under wraps, really, because we don't want other clubs coming in pinching our players, no. do we? Because it needs to be a well-kept secret. So, uh, no, I, I, I don't think that's the case at all. Yeah, another great, great performance. And you might be know more than me how many games they've got left now to the end of the season. It must be coming towards the end now. It's three. I think they've got Hull in the double header. They play Alton the week after, who are... Yeah kind of the main our main competitors in this league so if you're going to go down to one game this season that'd be the one for, for me because winner takes all there and I yeah. think they play Stanley away in the last game of the season I'll have to check that and then they obviously you've got playoffs in the grand final as well after that but it's been a journey it's like been a journey hasn't it and you know yeah. they've, they've done everyone sort of proud with the brand of rugby they're playing and, and the way they've handled themselves you know in every aspect of, of, of being a, a sulfur devil's player and you know we've had them on an ear sort of, sort of giving us insight and it's, it's been an, been amazing They've grown as the season's gone, haven't they? And that's just going to keep growing. You know, it's going to keep growing into next season now. And we've started something now, haven't they? And it's just how far they can go. And I think it's a very exciting journey that they're on. And it's going to continue. So, no, no matter what happens this season from now on in, I think they've done everybody proud this season. They've lifted a trophy. But, no, they're, as I said before, they're professional now. They want to... Uh, I know they're not full-time professional, but they are in, in my eyes. They they want to get they want to keep going and they want to get to that grand final and, and do the business. And I don't think they're going to take the foot off the gas. They're going to be going for it. Yeah, I forget sometimes that they're not, <laughs> and obviously start sort of thinking like, well, you know, we we're going to do this and we're going to do that. But like you say, they've got some fantastic players. Alex Simpson, you know, what a player is she? She scored one from sixty yards on on Sunday, sort of in and out, went round the fullback like she wasn't even there, and and that's sort of genuine class. Uh, Sadie Rihardi, another you know wonderful player, and and. They've got they've got strike everywhere, but also they've got big forwards as well who want to roll, you know, forward. Like so Vicky Kinney who, who sort of work hard, Helena Walker. You know, there's players. There's a lovely mix of of you know, X Factor uh, and hard graft, and that and that takes you a long way, doesn't it? It's a team, Rob. It's a team, and that's what you need in the team. You need everybody to contribute, everybody to do the job, and the, the men's team do that, and the ladies' team are doing the same. I think I keep mentioning in Chris, the coach, I think he's done a great job putting that side together. Uh, and and they, they have, they've done really well. You can tell they, they're well coached. They're not off the cuff. It's, it's very well planned, the tries that they score. It's not down to luck. That, that's down to how you prepare and how, and how you train. And I think if you want to get anywhere in sport, you've got to take it seriously, haven't you? It's not a knockabout. I mean, everyone plays sport to enjoy it. But if you want to be successful in it, You've really got to live the life, haven't you? And from what I can see, the the ladies are living that life, aren't they? And they're professional about it. They're taking it very, very seriously. And they've come together like they are a professional outfit. And and that's that's the way, that is the key to success for me. 
Yeah. Demi Jones kicked 14 goals for 16 attempts. It's also helps they've got a goal kicker who can be like dead eye when it comes to kicking goals. Keeping Steve Blakely run for his money there. He kicked a lot against Gates at that time when he scored 100 points. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure what the record is in a game, but, uh, but that's good going. That's good success rate, that. Yeah, obviously she's got her eyes on Mark Sneed. She wants to beat him uh, percentage-wise. So I think Sneed's on something like 79 and I think she's on 77. So it's it's all on the melting pot with three games to go, whatever it is. Yeah, well, it just shows you Mark Sneed's the top goal scorer for the Super League. But he's not even in the top ten as, as, as percentages, so it just shows you how many tries Salford have actually scored. Because if he kicked all the all the goals, he'd have been miles in front, but he's still still top. Yeah, we spoke to Chris Bates after the game. This is what he had to say. Coach's corner. All right, Chris. Welcome to the show. Big win for your ladies today. Second home win in a week. Talk us through it. In terms of talking you through the game, I think um, the scoreline probably does a, a pretty fair job of reflecting how that game went. Um, we, you know, we started on the front foot. We scored early off it. You know, in our first set, we rolled up field and our middles won the floor. Like we asked them to, we, we made decent meters and Demi puts a, a good kick up and we chase it with energy and the you know lobby ends up working harder than. I suppose witness defenders and collecting the ball and scoring, and then we rolled on from there. Um, and I think we we asked that you know we've said quite a few times this season that a, you know a, a good team would go in at, at kind of I don't know fifty nil up, and perhaps the second half ends I don't know sixty points to twenty or something, because the other team always rallies and and starts playing for pride. And and have you really got the motivation and the hunger to go and drive on and and produce your best? I, I think ninety two nil is. The reflection of a great team that kicks on and is ruthless and continues to play through structures, not get greedy, um, and and make sure that we're, we're clinical and that our error rate remains low. Um, and I think that's probably the story of the game, really. I think, you know, Witness were were great in terms of their energy and their effort. Um, they they never quite went away. They, you know, they certainly didn't pack in, and there were some really young girls in there who who did stick at it. But but fundamentally, we were we were. We were just a better team across the park from them. Lauren Elson with four tries. That's seven tries in three games for her. She's doing the business at the business end of the season. I'm I'm made up with Lauren, you know. I absolutely made up. So when we first kind of jumped in with that team and started training, um, Lauren was one of the players that we clocked really early. So, you know, she's quick, she's evasive. Um, she's... You know, she's a really quality player. Her hands are really good and have come on in leaps and bounds. She worked really hard on that. Um, so to see her get four tries on Sunday was brilliant, especially given at least one of those tries was in was when she was playing at centre. So that's us trying to push Lauren on. We we put we found Lauren minutes at centre because that's probably a, a development position for her. It would only improve her game as a winger if she knows that centre position inside out. So nice to kind of get the chance to move around there and see her you know, executing really well. As a person, Lauren's great, so quietly goes about her work, never really makes a fuss, um, just wants to learn and wants to strive to be better and, and, is, and is a really committed player. If you want to know what I think about her quality as a player, then um, she, if we look at the Warrington game, then there's in the second half we play through play through hands to our right edge. So Lucy does a great job coming out the back, playing at the line. Sadie hits a whole offer, but it's kind of getting dragged down. And Lauren is up on the front foot with Sadie. So that's something we've worked on through this season, making sure our wingers put themselves in a position to score points. If we're, you know, it, it, they go hunting the opportunity to score, if you like. So Lauren collects the ball and 
she's only got a couple of metres to work with on that right-hand side. So she can't step inside because of cover defence. She can't step outside because the touchline's there. So she flies at the full-back. Because we, what we've said to her is, if we get the ball in your hands, do everything you can to score. So she runs really hard straight at her because that's the only option she's got. And what she says to that defender effectively is, if you're good enough to stop me, then great. And she just throws herself at it to, to go and try and put put points on the board for, for our team. Now, I think the, the bravery of that play and the and the you know the, the kind of commitment and the toughness that must take to throw to put yourself in that in that kind of position is 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 fantastic and it's a real kind of show of what Lauren's about as a player, I suppose. Um so I absolutely delighted with her and delighted that she gets kind of a name up in lights and, and, and takes four tries home and, and I think all that really is is a, a recognition of the work she's put in to, to be the player that she is today. I, I look forward to kind of finding out what the future holds for Lauren. Lots of tries from long range uh, this week. Simply stunning tries from Alex Simpson and Sadie Rihari. Very impressive strike from your team. Fantastic watching some of those long range long range efforts, isn't it? I think I think I think what it tells you is that we've got some fantastic players in that team who are athletic and 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 good rugby league players who are fit enough to to do that stuff. Um, I think the other thing it tells you is that you know the, the group have managed to create an environment that attracts those players. Um, so Alex and Sadie both joined us mid-season, and and here we are talking about how good they are as players. Well, if we're atta- if, if we're attracting that qual- that caliber of player, then then that's great. Um, I think that speaks perhaps something to our environment, perhaps speaks to our our process as well in that we're capable of putting those players in that position. Um, but equally speaks to their to their quality. And there were a number of long-range efforts, weren't there? Taz with a couple as well. Um, I think we've got some players in there that we should be delighted to have in Salford shirts and, and, you know, as coaches, we certainly are. It was a warm day and your forwards worked hard. Taz getting a hat-trick and Serena Tamau playing loose forward. All's getting over for a score. Uh, it, was a, it was a really challenging one to manage, you know. I'm, I'm, I'll level with you. Um, but I think, I think the group made it as easy as they possibly could for us in two ways. So when we left that field on Wednesday, we the, one of the first things we talked about was... Now is the time to recover. That game's done. Two points in the bag. Um, we we don't turn into one of those teams that that wins a big game and then loses one they should win. You see that time and time again, don't you? Typically, the the team that wins the Challenge Cup final tends to lose the next Super League game. Um, and, and we really want to make wanted to make sure we we did ourselves justice with that. So good to see them kind of in ice baths and um, and Yaz talking to players about how they recover properly and how much they need to sleep and, and, and they manage themselves really well through Thursday, Friday and then a really light training session Saturday to put themselves in a position to put a performance on like that. In the, That doesn't kind of mean that they're not carrying a level of fatigue and then when you when you add that into you know a midday kickoff on the Sunday in the middle of a heatwave then we, we had to be really careful and um, I think the club did everything they could to give us all the tools we need for that with tonnes of ice knocking about you know, buckets full of water, plenty of water bottles. Um, Liv Meyer was incredible. Um, so Liv's a player that obviously featured for us earlier in the season and through um, through a health issue that we're kind of supporting Liv with, kind of can't play for the, for the time being. Um, but she was fantastic. She couldn't do enough, filling up water bottles, making sure that we've got everything we need, making sure players are looking after themselves. Um, I think that the, the group made it easier for us to manage and, and the, the last way they did that was, was ultimately in the way they reacted to some sh- pretty short spells in that game so when we're throwing prop forwards in and, and not you know we hold the same benchmark we hold the same standard can't let them drop below that they just can't do it for as long because of the heat 
so a tough one to manage, um, but I was pleased that we kind of got through it with the right attitude and successfully as a group. A week off this week, and then we face Hull at home in the doubleheader. A tough test as Hull have picked up in the last few weeks. Yeah, no, another day at the office, I think. Another oh, When you look at Hull's form through the, through the year when we played them earlier, that was never going to continue. They were never going to go the rest of the season without winning a game. Um, so not to not to be really dull about it, but we, we go back about our business the way we go about our business. So we will prepare right for that game. Um, we will cope with the pressure that, that kind of playing at the stadium comes with. Um, and we look to put a performance on that, A, gets us two competition points, but B, you know, it gives kind of the club something to be proud of again. Um, we are under absolutely no illusions that this will be a bit of a final for Hull FC, who, who come to us having won the last two games, um, who will no doubt want to right some wrongs from from last time out. Uh, you know, I'm sure they looked at that performance and thought, thought they should have done better than that. So this is their chance to do that, and we've got to be, we've got to make sure that we're ready for it. And ultimately, I'm confident we will be. So that was Chris Bates talking to me after the game. Paul and he talked about managing the situation with the with the weather and the and the forwards. And you know, it was hot. Was hard work for both sets of forwards. Yeah, it was. It was hot on the weekend, just doing anything, wasn't it? Really, just sitting about was was warm, wasn't it? I think it was about thirty-two degrees on, on Sunday, so God knows what it was on the pitch there. So uh, it's difficult, really difficult conditions. But to, to get through it, I think they've done done really well to score the amount of points they did, and and not concede a point as well. That takes them doing. Yeah, also talks about looking forward to Hull, and obviously Hull, I think, are on a good run at the moment. So that will be a big test for our ladies. Yeah, and am I right in saying it's on the, the main pitch that game? It's part of the double header, I think. Yeah, so it's, yeah, so that that's another reason to get down there, really, isn't it? On the on the Thursday, it should be a cracker that you know two two games. And they deserve that. Deserves to be part of the double header because it just showcases it a bit more, doesn't it? And uh, and adds adds to the occasion. So we're uh, yeah, looking forward to that. I'm I'm off that Thursday as well. I've got a day off with the kids, so uh, I'm going to get down early. And we urge everybody to, to get down and support the ladies. They're on a wonderful season, wonderful journey, and hopefully it ends up with a league and cut double. Where's the grand final played at, Rob? I haven't found out that yet. I, know I can't our chickens not too. not decided yet. Yeah, they've probably not decided yet, have they? Because they didn't with that league cup game, did they, till the last minute? Mm. Not. We'll have to wait and see. I'm sure I'm sure when we get there, they'll let us yeah. know. Yeah, let's get there day out as well, hopefully. If the... Sorry, go on. Let's get there first day. <laughs> you're channeling your inner Chris Bates now. <laughs> 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 all right, so that is uh, all the chat about the matches this week. And now we'll look back at all the news coming out of the club this week. So, if try the season competition, the club have uh, released five tries uh, scored by sub players this season. We've got uh, Chris Atkins' effort against Saints. We've got Joel Burgess' effort against Castleford. Sam Luckley's effort against Huddersfield. Brodie Croft's effort against St Helens. And Ryan Briley's effort against Huddersfield. Anyone standing out for you there, Paul? I was thinking then when you said about Chris Atkins' try against St Helens, I thought, he didn't score, he got tackled. That was away at St. Helens. I thought it would have been a great try if he scored it. But no, they, I tell you what, they all stand out, don't they? I mean, if you made a video this season, I mean, how many top tries have we scored? Nearly had said this to me. He said, we don't really score boring tries. We're like barge overs from five yards out, like a lot of teams do. Every try we score is like, you know, Alan Globetrotter stuff, isn't it? And, and it has been, it's been tremendous. I mean, Really, they might score another great try before the end of the season, so they might have to add some more onto this this montage, <laughs> might they? But I think for me, the Croft try against St. Helens was was special. So that was coming from 
he turned defence into a tackler. But the set scrum move against Huddersfield where Briley scored, I, I like that try. That was inc- I loved seeing tries from set scrums. You know, the, the shape of the team there, the shape of the back line, I thought was tremendous. And the composure to not make that mistake, you know, not forward pass it and, and keep it nice and crisp and clean, thought it was great. But no, the Brodie Croft one, I enjoyed. I mean, St. Helens are a team that's given us probably a lot of pain over the years. And to score a try like that against the champions, it was, was special. So get your votes in and the club will obviously tally them up and we'll see who wins. I fancy it, Brian Briley won. I think a lot, I think some of them are kind of individual efforts, aren't they, really? Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Briley won with the offload from Ken Seo was, was yeah. top draw. Yeah, yeah, it was. Some of the offloads from Tim Lafayette, I mean, he could have a montage of his own. He's mm. passed out the, the door for uh, to Joe Burgess. I think Joe owes him a ton of coffee, doesn't he, this season, <laughs> for all the tries he put him in for. Yeah, talk about coffees. Big thanks for all the people who's donated uh, for our coffee, which which is great. Obviously, all funds go back into the podcast by subscriptions and equipment and stuff like that. So, yeah, big thanks for everyone who's who donated last week. If you haven't donated yet, follow the link and buy me, Parky and Paul, a coffee and help us to create great content. Thank you to okay. everybody who's, who's, who's put in. Yeah, thank you very much. It means a lot. It means a lot. Support means a lot. Other news, uh, the 2022 season awards evening will take place on the 31st of August. It's got a two-course dinner, then the awards ceremony takes place. You've got to dress up smart, Paul, so don't turn up in your boiler suit. And uh, £50 per person or £40 if you're a season ticket holder. I'm sure it'll be a great night, very exciting times. Yeah, we went to one a few years ago, didn't we? When was it the 2019 season? I mean, you went, we got to present the award, didn't we? To Bleasy and Ian Watson, yeah. I've still got the picture. Yeah, so yeah, I enjoyed that. It was good. I mean, obviously, the last couple of years we've not really been able to do it because of like COVID and, and things like that, have we? So, uh, so that'd be great. I'm enjoying, I'm looking forward to going to that if I can. I'd, I'd like to go, provided I'm not getting anything on at work and whatever. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, 40 quid if you're a season ticket holder, you know, for a, for a meetup. If you went out in town for a meal tonight, it cost you forty. We went for two courses. Most places it would. So, uh, so yeah, sounds a good night to me. Yeah. So ring oh one six one seven eight six one five seven zero. If you're a season ticket holder, to get the discount, you've got to go through your e ticketing thing that we set up at the beginning of the season to get your discount. If you've got a, if you've got problems, you can ring the club. Um, but that's the way they want it to do to get the discount. Which is great. I know that I know you're a tech savvy, Paul, so I'm sure you'll be able to do that. No, I'll be phoning somebody else saying, Can you help me? <laughs> Can you help me, please? <laughs> Promise to be a good night. I'm sure there'll be lots of awards and like you say we've had a great we've had a great season, so there's lots of competition for the best player. We'll be we'll be holding that we'll be putting our poll out shortly for our player of the year and I'm sure our listeners will be will be involved in that. Paul, a lot of choice, I think. Yeah, I, I was like I said, I was just reading the Express today, and uh, Brody Croft's top of the Albert Goldthorpe medal table. He's just in front of Bevan French. I think he's got 23, 24 points, so there's a fair chance he could get that if he keeps playing uh, well, especially we're getting the playoffs. I think that finishes in the, after the regular season. I'm not too sure. So, uh, like this season, I mean, who's the man of steel going to go to? That's going to be interesting to see who picks the Steve Prescott Man of Steel up. So, I mean, regarding our awards, do, do we give an award away for uh, the one who's got the most free work match report, Man of the Matches? Yes. Yeah, that, that's going to be exciting, I think, isn't it? Because we were discussing that one the other week about who was leading. I can't remember who it was now, but it's exciting. 
Yeah, we normally do, don't we? We normally have the three-word match report one, and then we have like a vote one as well. Possibly. We never have ladies' team before, though, have we? So do we do... No. We'll have to, have to probably do one for the ladies. That's us spitballing live on air, so we'll have to have a discussion about that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Sounds good. So, other news. The under-50 club, the, the latest prize is a kicking masterclass with uh, with Mark Sneed. That's fantastic. So we talked about Mark Sneed's uh, success rate. So, if you want to kick goals, go on and uh, get involved in this under-50 club, and Mark will tell you everything you need to know. Yeah, some good prizes with that. I've not joined that under 50 club yet, but I'm thinking about it because I'm not going to Catalan, so I feel guilty for not going there. So I might try and save up some money in the next couple of weeks. If I can have a couple of good weeks at work, do a bit of overtime, that's that's something I'd like to join that. But I don't think I'd be very, very good at uh, doing a kicking masterclass because I was out with Dixon tonight. Mm. I took a couple of tennis balls for him and I tried to kick it out of my hand and my hip nearly went. So I think my, <laughs> body, my body's on the way out. I think I'm like an old man. Oh, good. Yeah, and if Max Sneed can't do it, Demi will. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I. Um, I've. I'm not going to go kicking goals either, Paul. Really, I'm. I'm one of them old-fashioned 1960s kickers that's just toe bung. Toe ender. Yeah, that's yeah. my. I'm like that when I play football. <laughs> <laughs> toe ender. So yeah, it's a, it's a great thing. Get involved in it and an opportunity to get taught by uh, Max Sneed kicking goals. Other news: Castleford away Bank Holiday Monday is now three thirty kickoff. Uh, is on Sky. Uh, obviously, be a big game that with the playoffs. Yeah, they'll have to make sure they've uh, took the minerals before that game. Won't they? John Wilkins there. So, uh, well, yeah, it'd be nice to be on Sky. We've not been on Sky very often this season. Have we? I think that was originally um, was it an evening game that originally. I think so. Yeah, so I think afternoon better, isn't it? Um, afternoon in Yorkshire, it's, it's going to be a big game because I think that's one of the ones that. For me, it's a four-pointer, I suppose, isn't it? Because you're taking two points off a side that you're challenging. Because at the moment, if you look at the league table, you've got sort of us, Leeds, Castleford, who are all in and around that top six. And then you've got Hull and Hull KI just behind us, breathing down our neck. So what have I got there? Do the maths. We've got five teams there, uh-huh. probably going for two places. So I think the top four is more or less settled now, isn't it? With Wigan Saints, Huddersfield and Catalan. So you're fighting for two spaces. So it's, it's going to be exciting. You can't really have a... Have an error now. I mean, I'm looking at the fixtures this week. Castle got Huddersfield, so could do with Huddersfield losing a favour on Thursday night. And uh, yeah, it's be exciting. That's that's gonna be a massive game. That. Yep. Other news: Masters Rugby is being held at West Art Lions on a Monday, seven to eight. Opportunity to go down. I think if you're over thirty-five, I think it is, and go and play some rugby league. It's always exciting. You spoke to one of our England international Masters players, yes. didn't you, recently? So yeah. I'm sure there's, a, there's talent out there waiting to be discovered. Yeah, Tony Prescott. Yeah, and I spoke with Tony, and he's very passionate about Masters Rugby League and. And yeah, there's a lot of people who are involved in that now. So I think it's great. I think they, they go all the way up to I think some of the guys who are well in the 60s, 70s who are playing. So uh, it's one of those. If you've played sport for a long time, why should just because you've got to a certain age, you, you have to stop? I mean, if you're enjoying it and you can still do it in your mobile, I think it's great to, to keep going and keep active. So yeah, I believe it's very competitive as well. So and I'm sure it is because sport can get like that as you get older, I think. Yeah. Also, there's touch rugby available at uh, Caddy Z uh, Rhinos. Also on Monday, seven to eight, two pound for non-members. Different kind of game. Uh, touch rugby, super fast. Have to be super athletic. Uh, if that's your game, that's your game. 
Yeah, I always thought it's awful playing touch rugby in the early 2000s. I was going to be just tackling it. <laughs> but, um, no, no, fast game, yeah. Is, it, is that the one where you've got to pull the, the things yeah. out of the shorts? Is that mm-hmm. the one? Yeah. Yeah, it sounds pretty good. That, I mean, yeah, any form of rugby league uh, is, is top quality, isn't it? But yeah, if you get involved in that, I'm pretty sure that'll keep you, uh, keep you active. Sounds pretty quick. Sounds a bit too quick for me, that. Mm. Yeah, a little bit too quick for me as well, I think. But back in the day, it might have been all right. But the heads, the the, the heads willing, but the legs aren't. Yeah, you'd have to sort of uh, sit at the back there, wouldn't you, and guide the team about, <laughs> I think, wouldn't you? Spreading the ball about. Game manage it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> said they've got a festival rugby planned on Saturday. Car boot sale. Uh, the first team are playing, uh, and there's also a touch rugby competition as well. All starts from eight thirty onwards. So if you're in that in the Carrizhead area on uh, on Saturday, go down and enjoy that. Yeah, there's plenty going on there. Sounds a good day, doesn't it? I'm not so sure what the weather's going to be like. It's going to be a bit cooler this week. So I might find it a bit com- more comfortable, but no, sounds good. Yeah. So before we go to uh, Whitesides World Rugby League, I spoke to Learned Disabilities Rugby player. For Salford Devils, Sean Robinson and Heather Robinson about what's going on in the world of disability rugby league, and this is what they had to say. Yep, so we're joined by Sean Robinson from the Learning Disability Team and Heather Robinson. Welcome both, Sean. Looking forward to your first time on the podcast. Obviously, you're a quick keen listener, and uh, you know, coming on talking all about the Learning Disability Team. It's exciting what's been happening this, uh, this year, hasn't it? Yeah, it's obviously. Heather, you know, we're looking forward to coming forward with the disability teams and it's great what they've achieved so far this season. Yeah, it's amazing. I don't think anyone ever expected that this would come out of the the teams that Craig started to set up at the beginning of the year and, and earlier. I don't think anyone ever imagined we'd get the numbers through that, that we have been doing. Yeah. So we'll start with you, Sean. How did you get into rugby league? Because my mum's friend got me in it. And uh, obviously, is she a soul fan as well? And and she got me like like she work, she she is good. Still goes to what Salford. And you've come to high for Salford. How did that come about? Did you hear about the the team in the news or? No, I went to go and I went to um, what what's the game. And obviously you, you thought, oh, and I'll have a go with this. And then you heard about the, the, the disability team and you thought you'd have a go. Yeah. And obviously you came down to that first training session. What was that like? It was amazing. And what was it like? Obviously, the first, with, you obviously never played rugby before. So what was that like in training, you know, with, with the coaching? It, it, it was good. And, and I've been, I've been, what, I've been helping all different people out. And obviously, you know, rugby league, it's, it's all about, Inclusion and everybody having fun in it. What was that that first game like when you when you pulled on that Salford shirt? It it was brilliant and everyone got his own one, Sean Robinson. Right, and obviously you know that's a dream when the crowd sings your name. <laughs> yeah, and obviously you're our star goal kicker as well. Obviously, when did you find out you could kick goals? I've been practicing. Have you? And what was that first goal like when you kicked it over the post for the first time? Uh, it was amazing. How far out were you? We were like five, ten yards out, twenty yards out. Was he a long way? Yeah, it was between the rubber post and the twenty yards. And obviously, you sailed through the post, and you were like, "Wow!" Yeah. And obviously, then you went on to kick six more, which was which is amazing. Yeah. And obviously, you know. Have you got targets that you've got yourself set for this season? How many more goals do you want to kick? 100. 
hundred. Is, is that you know? Obviously, you've got oh, quite well. You, how many kick goals have you kicked so far? Mm. Lots. Max needs kicked about seventy-five. Have you have you anywhere near near that? Not yet. Not yet. Still working on it, which is fine. Max looking over his yeah. shoulder though. That's that's the important thing. You played in different festivals. What was what was the best festival that you enjoyed? Lee. Lee. And obviously, yeah. why, why was that? Because I, I scored my first try, and that's where I done my six kicks. And obviously, you know, with, with different. Different festivals. Have you played another on other festivals? Did you go to Magic Weekend? Yeah. And what was that like playing in front of all them people? It was everyone was cheering and clapping and taking pictures and filming it. Yeah, and obviously you know playing in front of all them all them people, uh, it's an amazing experience, isn't it? You know, with all yeah. our sofa fans there cheering you on. Yeah. And obviously you're hoping that with more festivals to come, you'll get more crowds and enjoy uh, playing rugby uh, in front of them. Yeah. Obviously, if you've got uh, witnessed this weekend, uh, hoping that, that the team will play well and, and, and you know, play some good rugby. Yeah. I want I want, I want to be on telly. Yeah, you want to be on telly? Is that what? Yeah. Obviously, we all want to be on telly, don't we? But, um, yeah. you know, I suppose if you keep playing well and, and keep kicking goals, there's, there's no reason why not. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be good fun. Obviously, you know, Paul Parkin, one of our presenters, he went down to, to watch you sort of play the uh, the AJ Bell, and he said it was sort of really, uh, you know, exciting. There was lots of camaraderie between all the all the different teams, and, it, and it's great to see our team and other teams all getting along uh, and, and having fun at the same time. And obviously, do you feel that when you uh, sort of in the when you're playing that everybody's sort of you know helping each other? Yeah, I help all different people as well. And that's exciting. Obviously, you know, you playing for Solvent, have you told your sort of family and friends that you're doing it and are they interested in, in coming down maybe and, and helping? Yeah. And that's the important thing, I suppose. When you get yeah. big crowds, you know, pe- people will want us to come and support you and that, and that makes your experience even better, doesn't it? Yeah, it's very exciting. It is. It is exciting times. And obviously, you know, we, we've covered it on the on the podcast and, you know, I'm, I'm sure, that, you know, going into next season, there'll be more festivals to come uh, and, and you'll be sort of uh, kicking goals there too. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. you say you scored your, your first try. I'm sure you'll be looking at scoring a few more. Have you got a target for how many more you're going to get? Just many as possible. Yeah. But that's what it is. You want to be, a, you know, a bit of a points machine, kicking all them goals and, and scoring all them tries. That's the that's the plan in it for, for your team. Yeah. Brilliant. So, Heather, looking forward to, to the festival uh, this weekend and obviously the, yeah. since you've been on, any things happening regarding the exposure to disability rugby? So, I mean, we've just had an amazing season, really, both on the PD side and on the learning disability side. So we have been working with Bradford to enter teams into festivals. And so last week we had what is probably their considering, well, it was their home festival, but it's kind of our home festival because we were kind of one team. So Mm -hmm. that was an amazing experience. They had, you know, like their cheerleaders down there. They had like their Bulls fans down there. and, And that was brilliant, even though it was, you know, massively warm especially in that little valley where Odsall's hidden it was Mm -hmm. it was so hot but you know we've just seen that just completely you know absolutely blow up and people are so interested in what we're doing and people are coming down and and seeing us and um you know learning more about what's going on obviously we've got the 
massive. We've got the PD um, World Cup happening in the UK that's going to be around the same time as the, the other World Cups, which is huge for us. And it's going to be really local to us as well in Warrington. We've got a lot of our players playing for Wales in that. So um, we're going to have that exposure. So I just think, you know, next season is going to, you know, absolutely be Salford's year and we're going to go out there and we're going to you know, show them who we are. Yeah, the exposure is unbelievable, really, obviously, with the World Cup coming up and, and obviously our sort of teams growing sort of in popularity. It's, it's, from what, you know, it began, uh, did you ever see this sort of, sort of in the in the sort of the future? I mean, absolutely not at all. I mean, I just kind of went into it as, a, you know, a bit of fun and something to kind of do and uh, get me out of the house. And it just really really grew and and you're seeing kind of other clubs that are like two three four years down the journey and there they've got this kind of one club ethic I don't know if you saw like what Castleford put out with Mm. their you know list of all their current players and on all of their PD players and LD players were included on there and we were invited to go over to Leeds to do the Guard of Honour with the LD players and we were been invited to to do amazing things at at Salford like we, we got to play at the AJ Bell so you know there's there's definitely we're seeing it being recognized and you know I see that how the women's has grown and I can only see that that's something that we will grow as well in the next couple of years yeah I think it's all about exposure really obviously you know Mm -hmm. the the more exposure your teams get uh, sort of the bigger they become don't they and and obviously Mm -hmm. the more publicity they get more people know they exist then more people come down and watch and that being a community club is all about yeah I completely agree and I love how Salford particularly is bought into all of the teams that we have and if you think back a few years there's no way that people would turn up on on a Wednesday night to watch the women's team play or Mm. to watch any of the disability teams play but people are doing now and you know we're playing at Widnes on Saturday and we've said that we'd love to see people down there especially if they're not traveling over to France Mm. and I I know that people will come and see us and and the same with the final weekend which is the PD finals happening in Manchester Mm -hmm. Uh, so again we're hoping that people are gonna make that short journey to see us if we're not in a semi-final on the day. Well, yeah, so, that's that's a big thing, I yeah. suppose. But you could always ask them to switch it. Or we could go early, I suppose. Yeah, if we exactly. are in the semi-final, it won't be played at three o'clock in the afternoon, will it? It'll be played probably no. evening for Sky. So yeah. people could probably do both. Yes, exactly. Which is an exciting thing. Obviously, you need the sort of the, the crowds in. Obviously, talking about the summer holidays and, and the, the great thing that the Salford uh, Red Devils Foundation do uh, with these programmes that, that are run. Are you seeing uh, sort of potential players coming through that? Yeah, and we're also seeing kind of it going the other way. I know Sean's been taking part in some of the programs that are being run at Eccles College Mm -hmm. and has been playing sports, which has given more opportunity to spend time with like teammates and friends. And, you know, Sean very generously invited us all to his 30th birthday party recently. And it's we're not supposed to say he's 30, but, you know, he's like embarrassed. So he's yes, to his birthday party. And it was just great seeing everyone having fun and some of these these guys that are on the team potentially might not have, have had that previously, but they've got that opportunity to kind of hang out with people and like carry on that friendship, which is all you really want, isn't it, from a from a team. Sean, you're thirty. Are the are you the old man of the team? Is that is that what that is? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel he old? looks after us? He does. Yeah. He, he's good. 
Yeah, obviously, do, do you, have you enjoyed going down in, in in the summer, you know, playing in, doing these programmes with the Sofa Red Devils Foundation, Sean? What's the best part about going down with friends? Watching Sofa the win. That's the exciting thing. It's a community club and, and that's, you know, what, what we've all dreamed about all these years, isn't it, Heather? And, you know, now we've, we're, we're starting to, to see that happen, aren't we? Yeah, and it, you know it, it is amazing that the club have they've given the guys tickets to go and watch, and we've been able to go down. And we, even when we've lost and it's been horrible, the guys have picked it up and come back again the next week to watch them again. And you know, watching them win is all obviously the best part. But it's you know it's also about going to watch the rugby with your mates and with your teammates, and you know just kind of doing all that normal stuff that sometimes people with disabilities don't get the opportunity to do mm. and obviously it's about inclusion and obviously people with, with with disabilities like you say sometimes don't get that opportunity so for the club to be to run these teams and these programs it allowed mm. uh, people who might not get that opportunity to, to come down and play yeah and you know it, people like i you know i play and like people i never thought that i'd ever be able to put on a Salford shirt and and play in in a game at all I never thought that that would happen and so it's just an amazing opportunity that no matter who you are now at Salford there is a team that you can get involved in in some way I think it's just about making sure that people know that whoever you are you can you can come to Salford and you can either play or if you want to volunteer or you want to be involved in some way with something you know we we absolutely want that and we want people to feel that this is like our club and they're our teams and you know anyone can be involved in it you know it doesn't it really doesn't matter who you are or what you look like no and obviously if if people listen to this and they think oh how how do I get involved in this how do they do that Heather so the best way is to get in touch with the foundation so it's Craig Fisher who runs the programs so I always like share stuff on on Twitter and I'm sure that you've shared it before, but if they want to get in touch with Craig or on the club website, there's links to the foundation as well. If they just want to get in touch there, we're usually about at most home games. So if anybody sees any of us around, just, you know, please feel free to to grab us and just ask any questions that you want to. We train on a a Tuesday night at Eccles College, seven o'clock every week. So, um, you can just turn up if you if you don't want to take part the first time that's fine if you just want to watch and and get an idea of what's going on absolutely fine as well we just want people who want to be involved with us and and that's kind of in any form it can be you know volunteering or just playing or doing whatever it is that you you want to do what's the best part about training sean uh uh, i mean some new friends and like Playing with all different people. Cool. And you keep fit as well, which is important. Yeah. Especially at your age. <laughs> <laughs> and my, my favourite player is uh, when I need to play for yeah. Salford. Yeah, well, he's been looking over his shoulder now because you're, mm. you're on his heels, aren't you, with all this goal kicking you're doing? Yeah. <laughs> so... It's been amazing chatting to you both. Just before sorry, we got to let you go, uh, Heather, let, obviously, let's talk about your sideline. We talk playing for uh, Warriors wheelchair uh, team. Yeah. How's that going? 
Um, I mean, really well. I've still not made it into the first team because they're absolutely amazing and they're in the like the running at the moment to the grand final. They're they're outstanding. We've got you know England internationals on the team, and I think we've got Ireland internationals, and I think we've even got a USA international now on there. So I think it'll be a while before I can break into that. Um, but, I'm know. thinking, you know, someone will go down, you know, like in the final, and then they'll turn yeah. to you and they'll think, come on. Like Jimmy Grimble up. style. Is that what I'm going to be? That's, that's like, super sub. Yeah. Come on, with about yeah. a minute to go and, and win the cup yeah. for uh, the I, Yeah, I can do that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Eventually, I, when we do get a, a wheelchair team, you can be the like the shining light because yeah. you've been there I, before because you've been at the, the very top exactly. level. Exactly. I know. I really want I I can't wait till Salford hopefully get a wheelchair team I think will be amazing and I, I love wheelchair because it is so inclusive because anyone can play it you know, like able-bodied people and mm. people with disabilities and so it, it is just so open to, to anyone and it, it's just a, a really great but quite brutal sport yeah they don't hang about they don't mess about do they on the no. scene highlights of them being thrown out of chairs and stuff like that <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, like you said brutal yeah so this week, Heather, the, the big news is that we have a new kit. We do indeed. So the company that I work for very kindly agreed to sponsor a kit for the disability teams. And so we started designing this probably like quite a few months ago and there was a few holdups as there tends to be with these things. And Craig kind of came up with this idea that he wanted it to be very much like Lee Mossop's testimonial kit because everybody really loved that kit. And so, yeah, we have this this whole new kit that just look, it looks amazing. And we've got new shorts, new socks, everything. So we're going to be wearing it on Saturday. And then we're also going to be wearing it at the PDRL finals in Manchester. You say it's a bit like the Mossop one? Yeah, it's yeah, it's like the Mossop one, but then it's got like red devils on the back. Mm-hmm. So it's quite retro, I think. Is it? Brilliant. Big thanks for joining us both and uh, we'll, we'll stay in touch and uh, let us know uh, everything that's going on in the world of Disability Rugby League. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. So that was Sean Robinson and Heather Robinson talking to me, Paul, about what's going on in the world of Disability Rugby League and, and obviously, you know, loads going on. Very enjoyable chat. Sean told us all about his, uh, his, uh, his kick goal kicking uh, and how he's uh, chasing Mark's need to be the club number one kicker. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, and they've done great this season, haven't they? And, um, like I said the other week, I saw to go on excitement there. I think it was tremendous and a very good season. And it's great to see them all with smiles on the face and everybody enjoying it. So, so a long way that continue. But yeah, Max needs to have to watch out there, isn't he? He's uh, gonna have a bit of a bit of a challenge there for his goal kicking, definitely. Yeah. So that's all the news and the chat. And now we'll see what's going on in White Side's world of rugby league. Right, well, here is this week's Devil in the Detail World of Rugby League report. We'll start off with the National Conference League this week. Well, none of our local sides uh, managed to win at the weekend. Egremont Rangers beat Rochdale Mayfield 34-26 in the Premier Division. Uh, Division 1, Saddleworth Rangers were beaten away at Alton Raiders by 52 points to 12. And in Division 3, East Leeds beat Oldham St. Anne's 29 points to 10. So the fixtures for this week, Premier Division, Siddle play Rochdale Mayfield. These games are all Saturday the 20th of August. In Division 3, it's Oldham St. Anne's against Bentley, Waterhead Warriors against Millam. And there's also a match in Division 1 between Saddleworth Rangers and Mighton Warriors. Moving on to the North West Men's League. 
not a lot to tell you about at the weekend just gone. Um, I don't know if there's a postponement with the weather or, or whatever, but not a lot of no results. There's only one result I've managed to get hold of, that's in Division 2. West Horton Lions 31, Hindpool Tigers 24. The fixtures for this week, there's one game on Wednesday, which you might have, by the time the podcast comes out, this might have took place. Division 2, Wigan Springview against West Horton Lions. In Division 1, on Saturday the 20th of August, it's... Dalton against Burry Broncos, Charlie Panthers against Folly Lane, Division 2, West Horton Lions against West Bank Bears, Caddyshead Ryan against Pilkington Rex A, Salford City Roosters at home to Walney Central, Division 3, Rochdale Mayfield A, play Halton Sims Cross, and in Division 4, Salford East, it's Higginshaw against Oldham St Anne's A, and Langworthy Reds are at home to the Burton Wood Chargers. We're moving across to Australia for the NRL Premiership. It's round 22. The fixtures uh, this week, some strange scores. Penrith Panthers were beaten at home 16-0 by Melbourne Storm. New Zealand Warriors 42, Canterbury Bulldogs 18. Uh, Parramatta Eels 0, South Sydney Rabbitohs 26. Sydney Roosters 32, North Queensland Cowboys 18. West Tigers 12, Cronulla Sharks 36. Brisbane Broncos 28, Newcastle Knights 10. Canberra Raiders 24, St George Illawarra 22. And the Gold Coast Titans had a win. They beat Manly Seagulls by 44 points to 24. So, the fixtures for this week. Round 23 starts on Thursday, 10.50 on Sky. It's South Sydney Rabbitohs against Penrith Panthers. On Friday the 19th, there's a televised game at 10.50 on Sky Brisbane against Melbourne there's an earlier game at 9 o'clock which is not on telly that's North Queensland Cowboys against New Zealand Warriors there's two games on the telly on Saturday Parramatta Reels against Canterbury Bulldogs at 6am 8.30 it's Manly Seagulls against Cronulla there's also a game at 10.35 between Sydney Roosters and West Tigers on Sunday the 21st it's St George Illawarra against Gold Coast at 5am and Newcastle Knights against Canberra Raiders at 7.05 those two games are not on the TV so this is how it stands at the moment 21 fixtures played Penrith for top 38 points North Queensland Cowboys second, six points behind on 32. Then Cronulla have got 32. Melbourne Storm have got 30. Then on 28, South Sydney Rabbitohs, Brisbane and Parramatta Reels. Sydney Roosters have got 26. Then just outside the playoffs, it's Canberra on 24, Manly on 20 and St George Illawarra on 20. The rest of them are probably really just playing for pride now. There's probably nothing for them to go for in the playoffs. Well, let's move back over to the UK now and have a look at, well, UK and France, I suppose. The domestic scene of Super League and what have you. So we'll start, we'll start off with round 23 of the Super League. Casford Tigers, 18. Catalan Dragons, 8. That was played on Friday night. Hull FC, God, they, their form is absolutely awful. They were beaten at home by 60 points to 6 against St. Helens. I think that's three times this season Hull have conceded 60 points in a, in a match. Salford Red Devils, 33. Huddersfield, 16. Fantastic win for Salford on Saturday. Wakefield beat Wigan on Sunday, 30 points to 12. Big win for uh, Willie Poaching's Wakefield Trinity against Wigan. Warrington Wolves played Thursday night. They came from behind in that game to beat Toulouse Olympic by 32 points to 18. So your Super League at the moment, Saints are top on 38, six points clear of Wigan, who've got 32. Huddersfield have got 29, Catalan's 28, Casford 24, Leeds 23, Salford have got 22 in seventh place, then it's Hull KR on 20 and Hull FC on 20, then Warrington 16, Wakefield 14, they're now four points in front of Toulouse Olympic. So, the fixtures for this week in the Super League, it's Huddersfield against Casford that's on Thursday night on the telly at 8 o'clock on Friday Hull FC face Wakefield Leeds play Warrington St Helens play Hull KR and Wigan play Toulouse Olympic it's Hull and Wakefield as the Sky television game There's, those kickoffs are all 8 o'clock on Saturday Catalan Dragons against Salford UK time 6 o'clock kickoff on Sunday there is the Betfred Championship we'll talk about that in a minute the Betfred Championship results from last weekend round 23 Batley 12 Barrow 30 Featherston 72 Dewsbury Rams 6 London Broncos 38, Workington Town 12, Newcastle Thunder 0, Lee Centurion 60, Sheffield Eagles 26, Halifax Panthers 
32. Whitehaven 12, Widnes Vikings 26. In Betfred League 1, round 19, Keithley Cougars continue their march. They beat Hunslet by 60 points to 18. Midlands Hurricanes 18, Doncaster 52. Oldham had a good win. They beat uh, London Scholars by 60 points to 6. Rochdale Hornets 34, Cornwall 14. West Wales Raiders 6, Swinton 94. So the fixtures for this week then. In the uh, in the championship, well, League One will start with because the Saturday, Saturday, Betfred League One, North Wales Crusaders play Rochdale at half past five kickoff. West Wales Raiders play Midlands Hurricanes at three. On Sunday in the uh, championship, it's Barrow against Featherstone, Bradford against Whitehaven, Halifax against Newcastle Thunder, Lee Centurions plays York City Knights, London Broncos at home to Batley Bulldogs, Witness play Sheffield Eagles, Workington at home to Dewsbury. They're all three o'clock apart from Workington and Dewsbury, which is at two o'clock. And Betfred League One on Sunday, Cornwall face Oldham at one o'clock on the hour league app. Doncaster at home to Keithley and Swinton Lions face Hunslet. So the Betfred Championship at the moment, Leah top with 44 points. Featherstone have got 39, that's Halifax on 34, Batley on 32, Barrow on 31, York City Knights on 30. There's a big gap of 8 points then to Witness, who've got 22. Betfred League 1, played 17, won 17. Keith the Cougars, they've got 34 points there. They're top of the table, 6 points clear of North Wales Crusaders, who've got 28. Doncaster 26, Swinton 24, Rochdale 24 and Hunslet 17. That's the playoff places and there's a 7 point gap then to Oldham. Uh, West Wales Raiders are still bottom with two points and uh, Cornwall have also got two points as well. So that's all I've got for you this week. Sadly, I don't think we're going to make it to Catalan this week. So uh, everybody who is going, safe journey, enjoy the game and let's hope Salford can bring two points. I shall see you, hopefully, against Hull FC a week on uh, Thursday. But take care, have a good week and all the best in Catalan. So that was Whiteside's World of Rubber League and now we'll look forward to weekend and all the action from our teams involved. So we'll start, Paul, with the Learned Disability Rugby League team. They're in action uh, at Widnes on Sunday, um, 12 till 3. Uh, festival down there. Lots of uh, teams involved. Hopefully a good day for everyone. Yeah, certainly, as you said, Festival of Rugby League, that by the sound of it. And uh, I'm pretty sure everyone's going to have a good day. And it's, uh, it's gained legs this season, hasn't it? The Learned Disabilities team. I think they've been having a great season. Everybody's enjoying enjoying themselves and that's that's what it's all about and i think it's credit to all the people who organize it from all the different clubs it's a lot of volunteers and people who get involved with, with it and, and yeah great to see them doing so well and i hope they enjoy it this week and get some more victories yeah it's obviously you know a fantastic community thing the whole every if all the teams get involved and, and all kind of like really sort of help each other out and it's, it's it's really nice obviously you know with 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 what's going on in 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 the world that you know this thing sort of takes place and and, and the players enjoy playing yeah definitely definitely i think they do i think they absolutely love it don't they i mean it's great to be involved in, in a team sport isn't it rugby league you know if you can get involved with it i think you, you, you're going to enjoy it and it's fantastic that they, they've got this team together now and it's just uh just another string to the, the club's bow, really, you know, to what we're doing, you know, to keep everybody involved. I and mean, when we say we're a community club, and I think we are now, definitely, because you're involving everybody from all sides of the community, and that's what it's all about. Everyone wants to be part of Salford. And if you can say you play for Salford, I mean, I can't, I don't play for Salford, but, you know, I wish I, I wish I could. But if you can say that, I think that's something to be proud of. Yeah. Like I said, it's being held at the D. CBL Stadium, which is Norton Park, if, if in old money, uh, twelve till three. So get down there if you're not going to France and support the the boys there. The reserves are at home on Saturday at the AJ Bell against Warrington. They kick off at two thirty. 
Uh, obviously, glass game was uh, was called off because Newcastle couldn't raise the team. So, opportunity for Stuart Wilkinson's men to get back in the swing of things and record a win. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like I said, if you're not going to, to France, because not everybody can go, so uh, it's something to do on Saturday, isn't it, as well, and get down there to, to watch it. So, uh, so yeah, I, I might try and get down myself if I can this weekend. So it sounds good. I've not seen much of the reserves this season, but there's some just some quality players in there, isn't there? I mean, we saw some of them in that friendly game, didn't we, against Warrington at the start of the season. I know Jack Stevens has been doing really well for them as well. He's an exciting talent. So, so yeah, it's worthwhile getting down there if you can. So get yourselves down 2.30 Saturday. So for the Warrington, hopefully another good crowd. Uh, obviously, nowhere game for the women this week. Oh, but there was a big crowd against Witness. So hopefully the reserves will get a similar following. Yeah, I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. I think it'll be a, a decent day weather-wise again. So, uh, so yeah, I don't see why not. It's a good little facility down there, isn't it? So uh, so get down if you can. And I'm sure you'll enjoy it. They play some good rugby, don't they? Warrington will be a test. be a good test for us. Good to see that. Yeah. Paul Rowley's men are in France. Face Catalan Dragons on Saturday. Will be a tough test, obviously, with... Uh, with all teams gunning for this top six spot, uh, you need to keep winning. Yeah, they, they do. You can't really afford an error, can you? Because we're a point behind Leeds at the moment. Mm. Uh, I think Leeds play Warrington this weekend. So if we're to get beat, then three in front of us are three to play, aren't they? So, yeah, uh, Cass play Huddersfield, don't they? So we could do with Huddersfield doing us in a favour. So, I mean, we're not relying on the scores yet, but... We could probably afford to lose this one and win our last three and maybe we'd get it, maybe we wouldn't. But I don't know. I mean, we could end up getting, well, we've got now 22 points. We could probably end up getting about 28 points this season, missing out the playoffs. You'd, you'd end up with a real high total. I think, you know, the, there's that many teams who are playing who are trying to get in there at the moment. It's, uh, it's really tight. The, the league table's really tight. I mean, you've only got to lose her out on a limb. Wakefield and Warrington a bit out of it, aren't they? But the rest there are, are, all, are all going for it. So I think Catalan's form's been a bit a bit of hit and miss hasn't it recently we've been in Castleford at weekend 18-8 which was a disappointing result for them I know Steve McNamara has been sort of complaining about injuries but they've got a few players coming back this week and Gil Dudson's back uh, Samus Onilangi's back Fuad Yaha's back so they've got plenty of quality in their team Mitchell Pierce, Josh Drinkwater Sam Tompkins it's like you know who's who really isn't it they've got some you know, Michael McClure is another one they've got some very very quality players in there Matty Whitley Benjamin Julian couple of good back rowers there. So they've got quality all over the pitch. They just can be a bit, I don't know, they can be a bit indisciplined sometimes, can't they, Catalan, and you can catch them off guard. I mean, we, we, we thumped them a few weeks ago at home, didn't we? But they seem to be a different side in, in the south of France, don't they? So it's going to be tough. It'll be tough. Yeah, they are top of the average gains league, and but they're also top of the red card league. So mm. they make a lot of yards, but they're a bit dirty. Yeah, good analysis, that, Rob. <laughs> I know Sam Cassiano was out the weekend. He got suspended, didn't he, for, against Castleford? So he's a big miss for them. Massive sort of man mountain of a man, isn't he? So uh, he'll be a miss for them. But they can, they can be indisciplined. And I think with a side like Catalan, they're a bit like Toulouse. I mean, I've watched them recently, and really, they should have stayed up. They should have beat Hulkar, and I think they should have beat Warrington. If they had a drink, they probably would have stayed up. But I think their their indiscipline got to them. I think perhaps they've got one or two maverick players who can't keep the head and, and that's why they've ended up where they are. I think Catalan can be a bit like that sometimes. They can be a bit 
don't know, a bit, a few too many loose cans in the team and they have dropped off a bit, but they've got the quality. You know, they got to the grand final last season, there's no doubt about that. And they could do it again, they, they could push again for it this season, but they're, at the moment, they just sort of got in danger of, of falling off a bit. Mm. Talking about, let's start with score predictions now, Paul. We've got Parky live from Italy, is what you have to say. <laughs> Evening, lads, and everybody else. Um, just thought I'd better check in. Um, don't want to miss too many podcasts. I might get kicked off. Um, just thought of phoning with my uh, my prediction for Saturday um, uh, against Catalan. It'll be a be a big game, really big game. One that I don't think we should hold uh, too many too many worries about. Um, so I'm actually going to predict a 26-16 win for us uh, with three tries from uh, Joe Burgess. Uh, no other story to it, but I just thought I'd report in. Thanks a lot. See you soon. That was uh, Paul Parkey doing his best Eurovision impression from Italy, um, giving us a, a prediction there. Paul, what's your uh, prediction for the match? Yeah, I'm going to go for a Salford win as well. We've had this prediction in here all week. I'm going to go Catalan 22, Salford 28. 28 22. What's your is there a story behind that? Yeah, I'm going to say it's going to be 22 apiece going into the last minute or so and um, Andy Ackers is going to drop a pass to Brodie Croft who's going to put Alex Gerrard in under the post and Alex Gerrard's going to score, get absolutely mobbed by all the players. Match need to the goal, 28-22. Okay. My prediction is Catalan 10, Salford 30. Dion Cross to score hat-trick. I think I think he's due issue a hat-trick. Dion Cross, obviously, with Joel Burgess and Ken Seo still in all the, the headlines in recent weeks. I think it's uh, going to be Dion Cross in France. And why not? Yeah, Dion's been excellent this season, hasn't he? And spoke to him a few times, haven't we? And he's a, he's a, a really level headed guy as well. He's enjoying his rugby league. Again, another player who's probably playing the best rugby of his career, isn't it? At the moment, his career is really coming to fruition. And, uh, and he, he settled so well. Super League, he looks, I've said it loads of times, he looks like he's been playing at Super League level for years. So he's really adapted well to it. And, and yeah, you can see that. I'd, I'd love him to get an trick over in France. He might do it. Remember when Jake David did? He was only a youngster, wasn't he, when he went over there and he, he won 46 0 and he had an absolute wow of a game. So let's hope Dion Cross can do the same. Yeah. So that's the end of this week's podcast. Another great show, Paul. Yeah, really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's yeah, it's getting to that time of the season now where if it's hotting up and playoffs are coming. I actually watched a video on Twitter the other day about how the playoffs work because I, I wasn't sure how they work because they've changed that many times. And it's quite simple actually, the, the, the top six this time. So, uh, yeah, it's getting exciting. It's quite simple. We just keep playing until Salford get in the six. That's basically how it works, I think, isn't it? Yeah, it'd be tough if we if we finish six. You've got to play away from home all the way to uh, to Old Trafford by the looks of it, and we'll probably have to go and beat St. Helens, where plays we haven't for forty two years. But knowing how we'll, we'll beat Catalan away, beat St. Helens away, then lose the grand final. <laughs> so we'll see, we'll see. Let's get in there first. Like Paul Rowley says, it's a week at a time, isn't it? So we uh, take each game as it comes. Yeah, so that's the end of this week's uh, podcast. Big thanks for tuning in. Don't forget, you can uh, donate through our Kofi to help us sort of fund the podcast, buying programs and equipment. Big thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. I'm Rob Parkinson. You can find us on Facebook, Devil on the Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at the ITDSRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Radio Contact, Spotify, and YouTube. See you soon.